Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Blazers Edge podcast. I am your host, Danny Morang. And first of all, I just want to extend a thank you, a token of gratitude for everybody who's been riding with the podcast for years. Uh, to be honest, things are just really looking up. Um, and that's in no small part to everybody who listens, who downloads, who subscribes, who goes back and forth be on Twitter and the comments. I, I really appreciate you guys. Um, this has been really fun and by no means am I going anywhere. It's just something I wanted to kind of reflect on. Um, just this kind of journey because I'm, I'm taking some new steps here. I'm doing some more new stuff. Um, and it's, it's fun to, to kind of look back and, and see how far this stuff has come. Like personal note, uh, some of you have been following the house hunting adventures on Twitter <laughs> and, uh, well, looks like we're, we've got a place. So, uh, accompanied with a, a fun Blazers game. This has been a, been a good weekend. So um, we're going to get right into it. I'm going to touch on, obviously, we're recording just after the uh, Bulls squeaker Bulls. The Blazers squeaked one out against the Knicks. Um, tale of two halves. I don't typically like to break down quarter-by-quarter quarter type stuff, but we're going to touch on that a little bit, just as kind of touching points going forward. Uh, bit of housekeeping. Uh, I'm going to try to keep the pods Sunday nights as usual. I'm going to try to insert some stuff in between. Uh, I've got some guests booked. I've got some younger, newer Blazers Edge contributors I've got lined up for the podcast. We're going to bring on and introduce you guys to. Um, keep the questions coming. Keep all that stuff coming. And, again, thank you for the support. Uh, I just want to say uh, I really appreciate it. Please like, rate, review, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. Um, it helps out. It does. It's And it's been tremendous over the last couple of years. Um, and I really appreciate it. So thank you. I just want to make sure I got that in there. Uh, on to the housekeeping Blazers stuff. We talked a little bit about CJ's injury. Uh, I'm just going to touch on it real quickly here. Uh, when it first happened, I expected it to be a couple weeks. Um, it, the announcement came out, and I kind of put a little 15-second, 20-second clip on the front of the podcast because it the announcement came out literally as I click publish. <laughs> Or is going to click budget, I should say. Uh, publish, I should say, on uh, on the podcast. Uh, that midnight news drop, shout out the Blazers in there. Crack uh, media dump team. Um, <laughs> but I expect it to be a couple weeks anyways. Uh, I mean, you don't roll your ankle that way and not have it just be uh, a week. So um, I expect him back after the All-Star break, probably a couple weeks after. I've, I'm less confident in them and on CJ being back after six weeks than probably most people um, just because those kind of injuries tend to linger and the fact that he's going to be in a boot for a month makes me hesitant uh, being out of basketball for a month and then getting back in basketball shape it's kind of hard to do when you can't do those things so I would lean probably towards the six to eight weeks more than I would the four to six but that's just me I overestimate this stuff just because that's typically how it goes um 
But you hope he gets healthy because he was legitimately having an all-star campaign. And yes, I'm, I'm dead serious. He, if he had performed or continued to perform at his level, 27, five and three, he he would have been an all-star. Um, you don't have Harden in the Western Conference anymore. Chris Paul wasn't making the all-star team with his production. Uh, Jamal Murray has not been that dude. Uh, CJ would have been probably the last guy in, legitimately. He was he was that good. So it's it's a real kick in the pants um, to see that happen, but. You know, that's the basketball gods, right? Especially with Portland. Uh, and as it pertains to Nurk, uh, again, I would lean longer. The, instead of 6 to 8, I'd go 8 to 10. Uh, I would expect Nurk back towards the very end of the season. Uh, and then uh, Collins still, I, I, I still don't think he gets ready for the season. But enough of the depressing stuff. Let's talk about basketball because the Blazers have got five whole freaking days off. And as Terry Sots is one to do, he did some things. Uh, when they have time off to prepare, they usually do some things, and this is where I kind of – I'm trying to think of the right word for this. I think Stotts is a above-average coach, and I think he can be even better. I think he handcuffs himself sometimes, but when you give him time outside of the playoffs, <laughs> he can come up with some pretty creative stuff. Uh, and what they did, knowing that they don't really have a rim protector, but shout-out in his canter. Um, he's gotten more blocks in the past, like five games that he has in any guy, five game stretch in his entire career, which cool. Uh, had a handful of them again tonight, uh, against the Knicks, mostly because Julius Randle doesn't know what a pump fake is, but, uh, I digress. Let's kind of hit on a couple of things that the Blazers rolled out. First of all, a primarily zone defense, uh, and then putting Derek Jones Jr. at the tip of that spear. Uh, is it? I mean, I'm going to roll this back. It shouldn't be shocking that the Blazers' defense that didn't have C.J. McCollum in it got bigger, got longer, and we're about the same level of athleticism, maybe a little, half a step slower in Rodney Hood uh, and featured Derek Jones Jr. at the point of the attack uh, in a 2-3. Um, is, it, is it weird that that looked better? Because it shouldn't be because you got longer. That matters in the NBA. Them rolling that out forcing the Knicks in the long twos and shout out quickly and Alec Burst for canning shots tonight. Um, there, there was a couple there, uh, particularly in the second half where guys weren't where they were supposed to be. Guys weren't closing out. There was a little bit of miscommunication, but in the first half, let, let's go ahead and give praise where it's due. They were really effective. Uh, especially the, the bench unit came in and uh, held serve and actually grew the lead. And again, a lot of that was, I think, Terry Stotts putting Derek Jones Jr. at the point of attack, putting Robert Covington in one corner, putting Anthony Simons in another. Say what you want about guys uh, like, like Ant who have been a, a deficit defensively, but he's still 6'4", 6'5", with crazy long arms. Like they can get out in passing lanes and get deflections and it cause some havoc, uh, which is what Portland did. Uh, you put Derek Jones Jr. up top and, and you get some deflections, you get out and you go do some things. And they capitalize. The this is going to be a um, a carrying theme for the Portland Trailblazers while Nurk and CJ are down. How effective can they be? Not necessarily defensively in getting stops, but turning teams over, getting them out of things that they want to do. How much can they dictate? And then I think more importantly, how well can they dictate pace? The starting unit played a little bit faster than I expected but still slower than I wanted them to play against the Knicks. The Knicks grind possessions into dust. They almost 25% of their possessions end with uh, seven seconds or less on the shot clock. This isn't the seven seconds or less shot. This is the seven seconds or left on the shot clock. Uh, 
very divergent schemes uh, from the uh, seven seconds or less suns. But that's tips. Limit mistakes, eat up clock, limit possessions, and you give yourself an opportunity, as we saw in that game. So, But that bench unit that came in, uh, you saw Nasir Little, uh, Gary Trent Jr., and Harry Giles all come off the bench in the first half together. Uh, and you saw Portland get really athletic. The only guy that was out there with that bench unit, and Melo, who, I mean, they had enough athleticism to kind of cover up for him, and he didn't look as nearly as bad as he has in the past, which, shocking. You don't have him out there with Hood and Cantor at the same time when, you know, trying to cover up for guys up front, and that's just not going to work. Um, but again, back to the things that they were trying to work on and they clearly showed. Derek Jones Jr., let's highlight him a little bit here. Um uh, it's no secret I like his energy. His athleticism is world-class. Uh, I thought he was being poorly used in the offense, sticking him in the corner too often. And then when he was running actions, they were not finding him. Somebody somebody drove home the point during practice to find Derek Jones Jr. with the damn ball. There was a concerted effort to get DJ the ball on the short roll, and, and he delivered. He finished through contact a couple different times, got to the free throw line, knocked down a three. They looked to lob to him multiple times. They were not great at it, but again, they're trying. I'll take that. Uh, if that's what it takes to get him involved, great, grand, awesome. I don't care. Get him the ball at three points. He was incredibly efficient. Um, if it comes at the expense of getting Ennis Cantor a few less touches, I'm okay with that because Cantor is still going to find touches and get you probably 10-ish points just on putbacks alone. Like, that's he feasts down there. It's crazy. It's just stupid how good he is on the offensive glass or, you know, just constantly being there on short rolls. Like, just being that dude. He That guy has his hands up all the time. I mean, he had one tonight where it, he was probably in the paint for more than three seconds. Uh, but there was a scramble play when Covington found Cantor uh, from the floor after uh, Jones Jr. lost the handle in the transi- in transition. But Cantor's just sitting there, uh, you know, hands up, hands up, hands up. That's what he does. Um, Derek Jones Jr., not necessarily that guy, and really he can't stand under the rim and just wait for passes. He's just not big enough to elevate uh, in a crowd. But you catch him in on the roll in some space, and guess what? He gets up in the air and finishes. So... Uh, really, really, really liked what I saw with uh, particularly Dame and Jones Jr. in the pick and roll, getting him going downhill. And really, if you're going to have him on the floor as, as your role man and you're going to run some of these small ball lineups, instead of you know sticking Derek Jones Jr. in the corner, sticking Rodney Hood in the corner, that's, that's a good thing. Hood's a great corner three-point shooter. Look to exploit that, and they did. Um, the spacing looked really good with that unit. I was really enjoying what I saw. Um, the bench unit came in, and I know everybody's just wringing their hands over Anthony Simons. They need a backup point guard. They didn't. Blah, blah, blah. Shut up. No, they don't. It's, I'm getting so tired of hearing the, the, how uh, five minutes of Tim Frazier is going to save this team. They're going to live and die by, you know, the three. So get a guy out there who can shoot because it doesn't matter who's getting the ball to Carmelo Anthony on the block. Like, that's. That's going to be a featured part of this offense because that's where some of that creation is going to go to. You don't have a bunch of off-ball movers. Like, I understand the, like, the concept. I, I know why people think that getting somebody off the street would make sense and, and getting the ball moving. You've got too many ball stoppers in the second unit. Gary Trent Jr. is a ball stopper. Carmelo Anthony is a ball stopper. Rodney Hood, when he's with that unit, is a ball stopper. Anthony, to an extent, is a ball stopper. 
These guys are play enders. They have a ton of play enders. They do not have additional creators. And putting a guy out there, like a Tim Frazier, who's not really a shooter, they're just going to sag off of him. Like, that's what they're going to do. He's not a guy who gets to the rim and draws the defense, which is something Ant struggles with as well. But there's an opportunity there for shot creation, and that alone opens up the defense. And a guy is not going to come off the street and fix that. It's just not. If they're going to use a roster spot on somebody, use it on a big, because foul trouble, injuries, whatever it is, that's where they need it. Break glass in case of emergency, big. The guards spot, they're, they're going to be what they are. Nobody coming off the street is going to fix that problem. I think that's that's where we're at. Um, <laughs> I know some people are probably still going to tell them, shut up, shut up, you shut up. Yeah, I, I, listen, I get it. I'm just, I'm to the point where it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to argue about it anymore. It, it is what it is, and you're not getting anything from that, from five minutes out of the guy. You're not. You're just not. You've got to take a step back and look at that and go, no, nah, that's, that's not the way we're going to do this. It's not the way we can do this, and it's not going to make any difference. So you ride with the guys you got. And so speaking of, and this is where you got to give Stott some credit, um, they have gone a little bit more off-ball action. They went into some horn set, which if you're going to have Carmelo Anthony in there, have him be that high post creator. Uh, run some pin downs for Gary Trent Jr., for Rodney Hood. Um, if Derek Jones Jr. is out there, have him uh, work as the, as the pin down guy, as a screener, and then give him some action going towards the rim. Basically put guys in motion around Carmelo Anthony. Uh, Ant's first three tonight came off of a horns action. And I believe it was Hood. I'm trying to remember exactly. Uh, was on the right. Uh, Gary was popping on the left. Both you know double pin downs. And uh, Ant gave it up to Hood. Hood didn't get the look. I think he bobbled the pass a little bit, uh, but was able to reset and get it back to Ant. But because the the offense was in motion and you had some some gravity coming off of those shooters, there were opportunities for for other guys to step into shots. And Ant confidently stopped stepped into it. Um, do I expect Ant to go nuts like this? Nuts, you know, air quotes, to, to perform the way he did tonight regularly? No, not yet. He's got a ways to go to develop the consistency, but this is why I'm high on him. He can get red hot in a quarter, and he can get you 20 in a quarter, legitimately. Like, that's that's what his ceiling is, is that he is a guy who can just shoot lights out. He is a confidence player. If he can get his confidence right, and it's a big stretch. It is. It Realistically, it is. It is. Most guys can't ever figure it out. I'm I'm high on him because I think he can. I, I legitimately think he can. How he takes this time with CJ out, and if he can hook into it, if he can develop, and I'm not even talking about his full potential, but show real growth, build up the confidence in himself, it will be a boon for this team going forward. There is no doubt about that. You know what Gary Trent Jr. I think is at this point. I think he's a 15 to maybe 18 point a game starter if he actualizes everything, which is a hell of a player. I think Ant can be a 20 point a game guy if he puts it all together. And that's that's not an easy threshold to cover. I think the second hardest jump in the NBA once you're uh, a true rotation player, a guy who can score, is going from 15 to 18 to the like 20s, and then I think from, from the 20s to the 25. I think those are the two toughest jumps in the league once you're an established player. I think Ant can can legitimately get to that 20-point-per-game plateau. And I'm, I'm sure some people think I'm crazy, but he's got elite shot creation, shot, shot taking, shot-making tools. He legitimately does. And if you don't 
believe that, that's fine. But there's other people in that organization that are out there on the floor night in, night out that believe the same thing. Um, they talk about him glowingly because they think he's got it. You, you don't sit here and gas a guy up and talk about him giving you work and practice if he doesn't have the goods, because otherwise you look like an idiot. Like you're, you're getting handled and practiced by a guy who's not that good. Think about that for a split second. It just doesn't make any sense. But uh, I liked what I saw from him tonight. And let's take a step back and take a look at the sl- CJ slash Nurk replacement players. You got to get more from Ant. Check. You got to get more consistency from Gary Trent Jr. Checkish tonight. I did not like the fact that he still lagged behind Carmelo Anthony in shot attempts and minutes. I, I know Ant played more, so that maybe cut into Gary's time. I would still rather think see Gary get some minutes at the three if that's what really needs to happen to get him more minutes. I mean, again, 26 should be the number. But timely three-point shooting tonight didn't really impact the box score otherwise, but solid game. Uh, give him C plus, B minus, right? Um, Derek Jones Jr., fantastic night tonight. Um, was involved everywhere. Got out in transition, knocked down a three. Uh, defensively active at the point of attack, disruptive, just doing all the things Derek does. Had a couple rebounds that were just out of nowhere. Uh, This team needs help rebounding. They are getting murdered on the glass uh, in these mellow at the quasi-five. I know Covington's listed as the five, but they're parking mellow under the rim, folks. It's mellow at the five. Um, But they're getting killed on the glass on both sides. Uh, they're one of the worst teams in the league with Melo and underneath uh, both securing defensive rebounds and giving up offensive rebounds. The Melo at the quasi-five position, they're they're dead last. They're giving up almost 31 per- their, their Their offensive rebound rate given up is almost 31%. Yeesh. They've got to figure something out. And that leads me to my next point. Harry Giles, Jr., Harry Giles III. I almost called him Harry Giles Jr. because they've got so many juniors on this damn team. <laughs> Harry Giles came in on a crazy night, five points, eight boards, and a block, but the eight rebounds. Came in and acquitted himself well enough to be like, okay, that's good, solid. Had a couple contested rebounds, which is good to see because he's not um, the biggest, strongest guy. Uh, And the Knicks, Mitchell Robinson, I mean, really bouncy. Julius Randle is a truck. Um, Getting in and mixing up against those guys, good. That, That bodes well. So if you take this collective Gary Trent Jr., Anthony Simons, Harry Giles, uh, Derek Jones Jr. to an extent. Guys that can come together and give you some of the uh, Nurk CJ box score production, the scoring, rebounding, playmaking, um, just goodness. Together, they did a pretty good job. Uh, I, I think you would you would say this is probably a B-plus kind of night from those guys. Maybe you wanted a little bit more from Gary. Maybe you wanted a little bit more uh, production across the box scores for some other guys. But overall, if you want to be a, if you want to be a, a real real tight curve, you go B. But I think B B plus. If they can get these kind of nights, more 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 often than not, this is going to be enough. Um, where the variance is going to occur, and that's going to kind of lead me to the next point here. They're going to live and die by the three. That is unequivocally clear at this point. 
their their ability to consistently defend, especially if they're going to run Carmelo in closing units, uh, especially if they're going to run Cantor in closing units, so that's to be bigger and maybe try to secure a few more rebounds. Um, they're they're going to be volatile uh, as far as being able to stay in front of guys. Cantor acquitted himself really well down the stretch, had a couple big blocks on Julius Randle. Melo got smoked on the perimeter. They was two out of three possessions, uh, and they basically just walked to the rim. Uh, but Cantor was there to, to bail him out a couple times. But I, I don't think you can you can count on that, really, um, regularly. So how that closing lineup is adjusted. And Stotts gave uh, Ant some burn uh, late, which I think he deserved tonight. I would have probably liked to see Gary out there a little bit more. We saw Jones Jr. Uh, out there. Uh, consistently, which I, I want to see Derek out there because right now he is their best defender, uh, the most versatile defender too, uh, especially in, in man situations quickly, was just cooking. Uh, I would have liked to see Derek attack him uh, a little bit more. But again, I'm, I'm nitpicking some stuff. But here's the, the grand scheme things, right? Portland is going to live and die by the three. They're going to need that group of guys to give them real box score production and not just like off box score hustle plays. Like they need to give them the things that they were already in, then some to make up what nearly 35, 40 points a game. (laughs) God, that's a lot. Um, Heroic efforts by Damian Lillard. I would not be surprised if Dame averaged over 30 with CJ out. Honestly, they probably has to get there um and he was masterful tonight 39 on 17 just torrential downpour in the first half um and he did this in under 36 minutes which that's a victory in and of itself if they can get crazy good production in these spurts which i would expect dane to be as aggressive as he was in the first quarter kind of during this period like set the tone cook early and often and then maybe you don't have to work quite quite as hard on the back end. Um, and again, living and dying by the three. That is their great equalizer right now because they're going to get beat on the boards. Uh, there will be nights where that second unit isn't nearly as effective or um, somebody isn't kind of carrying their their burden, so to speak. Um, but yeah, that's, that's going to be what this is. And then pace. I really want to see this team play fast because they can't grind out possessions. Not consistently. Now, they maybe get some here or there. But they can put pressure on teams, especially the Young Bucks, especially Ant, Gary, Harry. Uh, Nas got out there uh, for a few minutes tonight. Um, still looks like he's a little bit out of control. Just You can tell he's just amped, amped, amped. Like, I love the energy. I do. Um, they got to they gotta just kind of rein him in a little bit. And I think with, with some time, I think that'll be good, especially – Getting out there in the first half, this is good for him to kind of work his way back in. You can get a few energy plays out of him. Great. Awesome. And then as he kind of gets back into the swing of things, maybe we can get a little bit more out of him. But there's going to be some inconsistencies. Um, and then you just kind of have to live with them. I'm, I'm probably the biggest stickler when it comes to this team. <laughs> That's probably not shocking to anybody. Uh, I nitpick wins. I'm not nitpicking wins. Um, with CJ and Nurk out. I mean, I will, let's be honest. But <laughs> I will. But I'm not seriously nitpicking wins. I, I'll nitpick it because there's, that's that's what I do. I look at things that always. I'm never satisfied. Um, I, I want to see improvement and adjustments. And uh, But realistically, I'm not, I'm not going to really, like, 
Mello went three of fourteen tonight, and I've barely talked about him. It is what it is. He's he's you knew he was going to do that tonight. You knew he was going to jack up shots against the Knicks. But here's the thing: of those fourteen shots, ten were threes, and only one of them. And you all know which one I'm talking about. That was an egregious, greedy, ridiculous shot. <laughs> Let's be honest. But I have said it, and I will remain to say it. Carmelo Anthony stepping into open threes are good shots. Full stop. So, uh, outside of the, the one ridiculous uh, heat check when he wasn't hot, is that a cold check? I don't know. Whatever. But they're again, they're going to live and die by the three. They need to play faster. That adds some more volatility, but it also gives them opportunity. Um, their variance on the glass is going to be pretty strong, especially if they keep taking a lot of threes. On some nights, they may be able to get some of those long rebounds. Some nights they may get murdered and they just may get killed in transition. Those are the nights you really want to see them wave a white flag and just kind of get away from it. But uh, all in all, uh, first game back after five games off or five days off, I liked what I saw. Ant stepped forward. Gary shows some solid consistency. Derek Jones Jr. is a bigger part of the offense. Saw some defensive tweaks. You saw some more structure to the second unit. Like there's a lot of good things tonight. The fourth quarter notwithstanding, um, the lack of an established playmaker, ball handler, trustworthy second guy um, when the Knicks trapped was problematic. I I wonder how much of that's going to get on film and teams really take that to heart. Um, I would expect in close games, this is only the second real, third real close game the Blazers have had this season. They've either won handily or gotten just rolled out of the gym they uh they've only lost (laughs) one game by less than 15 points so when they've lost they've gotten just handled but that is what it is uh i'm gonna wrap it up here i'm gonna like i said i'm gonna try to keep these ones at least under a half hour uh when it's just me uh number one i'm very tired and it's midnight uh number two nobody wants to hear me talk by myself for this long uh i've got um some guests coming up i've got some really cool guests coming up um I'll make some announcements once they are officially uh, booked and scheduled. Um, we're still working on some scheduling stuff, but uh, they are in. Um, but I think that's it for, for tonight. Uh, we'll probably come back again here on Wednesday of the midweek episode um, with uh, new Blazers Edge contributor Corey Randall. Uh, looking forward to that. And, uh, again, thanks, guys. I, I know I called some of you stupid for wanting to sign up a backup point guard, but uh, I still love you. Uh, I still want you to listen. I still uh, am grateful that you're a part of this community because then I get to argue with people. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, again, thank you. And please like, rate, review, subscribe, do all those things. Um, even with CJ Nurk down, there's still plenty to talk about and enjoy and have fun with. Uh, that's what we're here to do. So, again, thank you very much. Uh, I'll catch you guys next time. And until then, bye. I can't miss diamonds on my neck and on my wrist. Now they tryna get me out of mix. That's on me.